Okay. All right. I, I'm I'm excited about tonight. I'm really excited about like this message tonight. And I, I don't want to ruin the movie. Has anybody seen it yet? Yeah, it came out this this past Memorial Day. Everything. Um, I, I don't want to ruin the movie, but the whole premise of the movie is is Alice kind of fighting time and, and chasing after time and trying to turn back time and and everything. And it revolves all about time. And so it's a really really neat story. Um, I, I love it. Alice in Wonderland was one of my favorite childhood stories. I, I loved it growing up, um, especially the Disney version because it wasn't as dark and dreary as the actual <laughs> one and stuff. We love when Disney Disney-fies stuff and everything. Um, but tonight, this, this is what I, I want to talk about, this idea of um, a, as we look at this movie, as we continue our series at, at the movies and, and keep going through all this, but this idea about time and, and eternity. Hey, have you ever noticed time is a big deal to all of us? Uh, and when we're younger, we can't wait to get older. When, when we're older, we wish we were younger. And, and we always just seem to either fighting time or, or chasing time. And, and it's just all this idea that, you know, we, we know we have a set life and, and we want to take the fullest amount of it. And, and, and time always plays into everything that we dream and we think of our goals and our life and all this stuff. In fact, um, Groucho Marx, if you, if you don't know who Groucho Marx is, shame on you. <laughs> Um, great, great comedian back in the day. He, he said this. He says, I intend to live forever or die trying. And, and, and that is something that's in our hearts. Have you ever noticed that people want to live forever? People want to like say, like, th- this isn't going to end. Have you ever wondered why? Why we get so wrapped up in time and age and, and all this stuff and, and looking back and, you know, you know, some of us. You know, unfortunately, look back and say, well, I have all these regrets or I want to do so much more. And you ever wonder why time is such a big deal to us? I think it's because God wired us that way. I, I think God wired us to think about things in sense of eternity. Um, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote this. He has made everything appropriate in its time, and he has also put eternity in their hearts. But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I, I believe God has placed eternity in our hearts. And, and so we, we struggle and we look and we say there's got to be more than just this, than, than just what I'm living. And is, is there more? And what, what happens? You know, those are some of the deep, dark questions uh, of life. You know, why am I here? What happens when I die? What all this stuff? And, and it all wraps around, I think, this because I think God wired us this way. I think God made us so that we think through eternity. And stuff, and, and if you read all of Ecclesiastes, it's actually a very depressing book. Here's Solomon that that did everything and tried everything, was the wisest man in the world, but ended up not being the smartest guy in the block. And, and the entire book starts with like vanity of all vanities, everything is vanity, everything is worthless, and it's all going to end. And, and I think we live with that sense because God has placed eternity. And so tonight, this is what I want to talk about: How do we deal with eternity? How do we even define that concept? How do we even start thinking about it? And how do we live like it's important? That's what we want to talk about tonight. So will you pray with me? God, I I just thank you so much, God, that you have wired us for eternity. God, you have wired us to seek something more, something greater than ourselves, something bigger and beyond just our lives. So, God, tonight I ask that you would just speak. God, that you, it would be your words and not mine. And that, God, you would just reveal your truth. 
God, you, you say in your word that your word is eternal. It lasts forever. And so, God, just, just have your way tonight. As we look at our lives in view of eternity, do your work. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, tonight we're, we're going to be kind of bouncing around a little bit. So if you have a Bible, um, we're going to be starting in Matthew 19. We, we can get there. And so if you don't have a Bible, we have them. Please take them. Use them. Um, put your name in it. Take it home with you. We have more. We'll, we give them away. But we're going to start tonight with this whole idea, this question that every one of us at some time ponder. Every one of us kind of asks, is, you know, is there more than just the life I'm living? Is, is there more beyond than what I'm experiencing right now? And, and it's basically that question of just, you know, how do I? How do I live forever? Um. Matthew 19, starting at verse 16, it says, Then Jesus has been teaching and everything, and, and he says, Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? How do I get <coughs> to live forever? How, how, how do I spend more of this? You know, like I've got all this other stuff, but how do, this, this is my question. This, this is the thing that, that bugs me and bothers me. And everything. how do I have eternal life. Verse 17. I love this. Jesus looks at him and says, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who's good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. I, I love this story. If, if you read it in Mark, where it's told again in Mark, we find out this young man is a rich young ruler. That um, he, he's got everything. He's got his wealth. He's got everything um, that he needs. He's got the money. He's got the popularity. He's got the power. He's got everything. Like socially, economically, everything. He's a winner. And what's really interesting is in the culture back then, if you're rich and you're powerful and stuff, you didn't just you didn't run up to a rabbi to ask him a question. You waited for the rabbi to come to you. But this is a question that's so burned inside of him that he's like, I got to know this. Like I'm doing good in all the other places, but I, I I've got to know this this part. And I love that Jesus looks at him and just asks, Why do you why do you ask me about what is good? It's almost like Jesus is looking at this young man and saying, Do you know who you're talking to? See, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And so I, I can see this young man just kind of sitting there pondering and stuff, and, and he asks a question that we probably all ask when, when we're given, like, here's what needs to happen for you to be successful, for you to have, for this to happen. Verse 18, he goes, which ones? Wh which ones? What, what on my list do I need to do? Because, you know, we all keep lists. We all have little checklists that we know, like, if I do this, if I do that, then I'm going to be happy, wise, wealthy. I'm going to have everything I want. And so here's, here's my goal of my life, and here's my checklist. And, and if, I just, if I do this, okay, I've done this. I've made money. I've got a house. I've got a, I've got a retirement. I've got a car. I've got this. I've got that. And this little checklist. And so immediately he asks, which ones? And isn't that kind of what we do? When, when we hear, like, God says, or we hear something, like, that we want, or we aspire, we're like, okay, how do I get there? Let me make sure I'm in the right place. And so Jesus answers him. He says in verse 18, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear fault witness, honor your father and your mother, love your neighbor as yourself. It, it's fascinating to me that Jesus gives him the Ten Commandments, but he only gives him half of them. He only gives him the second half. 
of it. If you ever notice, like in the commandments, if you read like in Deuteronomy or Exodus when the commandments came, it's basically broken up into two parts. One, how we relate to God, and then how we relate to people. And it starts with how we relate to God. But Jesus answers him and says, okay, here's the ones of how you relate. You know, okay, don't, don't lie. You know, don't, don't, don't commit adultery. Don't steal. You know, honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor. Do all the good things. Don't covet all stuff. And he goes to that second part. And I love that the young man looks. He says, man, I've kept all those. I'm good. My checklist is complete. I, I, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. My good, hopefully, my good will outweigh my bad. I don't know if you know this, but every other belief system on this planet, that is the measurement that they use. Every other belief system on this planet is how good can I be? Am I a good enough person that I get to live forever? And I hope my good outweighs the bad. And so this young man is all of a sudden he's excited and he's like, well, okay, I'm I'm a good person. I, I do good things. But and yet he still kind of feels that inside that, okay, I've kept all these. Verse 20, he says, but what do I still lack? If, if I'm keeping the checklist, if, if I'm doing everything, if I, I'm showing up to church, I'm tithing, I'm giving to the poor, I'm helping out people, I'm a nice person. You know, I let people cut in and merge in on me when I'm on the interstate, I, and I don't flip them off. You know, I don't cuss at them and everything. You know, I open the door for little old ladies when, when we're at the store, and I let them go through first and everything. My daughter did that one time, and it was this family from Brazil, and she went and opened the door. I was like, oh, that's so nice, except they just kept coming. <laughs> and then they kept coming out, and she literally became like the doorman of the store, just sitting there going, I, I want to I go in and stuff. <laughs> But, I mean, we all have our checklist, and he did too. But still, if, if, if I've done everything and I'm a good person and I know I'm a good person, then why do I still feel like I'm missing something? Why do I still feel like something's wrong? Be- because if I have my way, if I do it my way, then my good will outweigh my bad. And isn't that good enough? But, but down deep, again, we still question and ponder that. We still wonder. And so Jesus turns it around and he says, okay, well, here's the other half. That, that's your way, but here is the way. In verse 21 and 22, Jesus looks in and he says, if you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, when the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. It, it's, it's, it's this idea that, again, Jesus, first he says, if you want to be perfect, I, I need to let you know that that has always been the standard. God made us to be perfect, and that's still the standard that we have to live up to. Now, though, thankfully, it, it's, it's not about us doing it. Thankfully, that he became sin who knew no sin, that we become the righteousness, that our perfection comes because God places that on us when we trust him. But it's still the standard. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell everything. Anything that's in the way of your relationship with God, get rid of. Let it go and come follow me. We, we used the word last week called surrender. It, it, it's this idea that that first half of the Ten Commandments, if you read them, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, don't have any other gods. Don't have any idols. Don't put anything else in front of him. Do that. <coughs> <coughs> love, the, 
Let go of everything else that's temporary and come follow me. That, that's the way to eternal life. And unfortunately, this young man sees all that he has and all that he's accomplished and all that he's acquired and says, but I worked so hard. And I can't, I can't let this go. And so it says he walks away sad. He walks away grieving. And I believe all my heart that when we come face to face with Jesus, and I believe every person gets a chance. It may only be one time in your life, but when you get a chance and you're standing, you know God is talking to you and he's drawing you. And we turn and leave that, then we only have, we only have one option, and that's to go away sad. We only have one option. We go away just knowing that, man, I, I missed something. You see, our way is, yes, that checklist. I, I want to live forever. And, 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 and hopefully uh, you know, I'll be good enough and, and all stuff. But the truth is, is we'll never be good enough. For all the good we do, it still doesn't measure up for who God made us to be. And so we have to be able to let go. And, and so how do I live forever? The start with is I have to give up everything. And this isn't a call to poverty. This isn't a call to just go out and be like dirt poor, live in a box somewhere and just say, well, see, I gave up everything. And Jesus, no. But it is a call to look into our lives and see if there's anything else that we put before God. Is there anything else we've made an idol? Our jobs, our families anything or pokemon for those of you that still are looking for pokemon <laughs> anything that we put before we we lose that opportunity and we spend the rest of our lives thinking like okay but how do i jesus said there's your way and there's the way and that's through me and this is how you, you let it go. And so we come to that understanding. So the first question, how do I live forever? When I, when I think about eternity and I think about my life and how I'm supposed to live forever and go. And God made us to live forever. Listen, God made you and I to live forever. And, and we are going to live forever. We are. God created us that way. It, it's the choices. Are we, are we going to live with God? Or are we going to live separated from God forever? But we're, we're going to live forever. God made us. He wired that eternity, eternity into us. And so we have to make this decision. Is all this worth it in the light of everything else that God offers? And, and my prayer for you, my prayer for me is that we never lose sight. That there is so much more than what we can do and what we accomplish right now. That, that eternity is there waiting for us. And, and so that, 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 bids, that bids the next question. So then when does eternity begin? If, if tonight you're a follower of Christ, if you've made that decision and, and you've, you've stepped out of that door like that Alice, and sometimes it feels like that. I know that. Like when God calls you to do something, that first step is a doozy sometimes. And it feels like maybe you're falling and screaming and you're going to crash. God's always got you. God, God has always got you. You're never going to crash. But, but if, if, if you've done that, so when does eternity begin? Because I think a lot of us live our lives with the idea that someday eternity is coming. You know, one, I can't wait till eternity happens. And, you know, all this, hap <coughs> all this comes back and Jesus returns and all this stuff. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are praying really hard that Jesus returns before the election. I mean, <laughs> I mean they're just like, it's got to be. It's got to be. Jesus, you, you just have to come back. But... 
I, I, I just believe on my heart that we get this misconception of what eternity is. And I've seen people describe it. You know, they put a rope along a room and they said, here's your life. And it's one little dot on this rope and stuff. And that still doesn't pay justice because we can't even comprehend eternity forever. But in that, we start thinking, like, here's my life and then eternity. And I don't think that's true. I, I don't think eternity begins when, when our life in, ends. As a matter of fact, just, just, a, just a quick, quick verse, John 17, 3. And, and you want to read a great chapter. I, I, I love this. And all the other Gospels, it says Jesus went in the garden and he prayed and stuff. And he prayed, you know, Father... And, uh, but we don't know everything that he prayed. This is what Jesus prayed before he died. Th- this entire chapter is Jesus' prayer for not only his disciples, but for us. And for everyone that would come after. And it's a beautiful, beautiful chapter. But, it, but in it, he, he, he stands there. He knows the cross is coming. He, he knows that, you know, that death is coming. Everything's coming to fruition. Everything's happening. And back up just to verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. I know it's time. Glorify your son so the son may glorify you. For you gave him authority over all flesh so he may give eternal life to all you have given him. And then Jesus defines what eternal life is, what eternity is. He says, verse 3, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. See, right right there, Jesus is saying, at the moment that you believe, at the moment that you make that step, and and you step out and you cross over and say, God, I'm, I'm surrendering, I'm giving up everything, I'm trusting you, that right at that moment, that's when eternal life begins. That eternity, for those of us that are following Christ, has started already. It's right now. You no longer have an expiration date. Before we knew Christ, we were already dead. The Bible says we were dead in our sins. We, we, we were zombies. We, we, don't, we had no life in us whatsoever. And, and we were separated from God and, and death reigned. But the moment we met Christ, the moment we stepped across, eternity begins. And you no longer have an expiration date. Do you know that? You no longer, your body may wear out. But you're already living forever. Man, that's good news. See, too many, too many followers, too many people in church today are looking and says, one day in heaven, one day in heaven, one day in heaven. I've, I've just come to believe that heaven is just a destination. That the point of Jesus, the point of everything that we learn, and the point of all Scripture, and the point of everything that God has done, is that the creation would have a relationship with the Creator once again. A beautiful, perfect relationship. And the moment that that is reconciled, the moment that happens through Jesus, that that relationship, that heaven just becomes another place. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, streets of gold, seas of glass, and beautiful, so much that we can't even describe it or comprehend how beautiful heaven's going to be. But the Bible also says that one day there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. One day, one day everything else is going to pass away. There's only a couple things that last forever, us and God's word. And so if heaven's just the destination, 
I mean, it's wherever God is. So, so heaven literally could be mascot Florida. If God is there, that's all that matters because that's heaven being in his presence and stuff because that's the point of all of it, to be in that relationship. And so we need to stop thinking about one day, one day heaven. One day, it, it, it's all going to be good. It, it's all going to be great. It's all going to be wonderful. And, and, and I know that life is bumpy and it's hard. We live in a fallen world. But if we start viewing our lives in view of eternity, if we start looking at saying, well, listen, eternity's already begun, then we can echo what Paul said. I count these momentary afflictions as nothing. These little bumps, they're nothing compared to what glory is to await. But so many of us in churches today that have met are waiting one day for just, well, I can't wait till heaven. Listen, if you carry Christ with you, you carry heaven with you right now. You carry God's presence with you right now. And so eternity isn't something we wait for. It's eternity is something we live now. I think that's how God designed it. I think that's how God wired us. And, and, and so if that's the case, if I now, if I understand how I live forever, how how I gain, I would step in from from death to life, as the Bible says. And how, how through Christ, that man, through this, if I let go, if I trust Him, and it's not about how good I am, but how great Jesus is. It's not about how my good will outweigh my bad, but how awesome Jesus' death and how complete the cross was. And I understand that. And I understand the moment that I get that, the moment that that comes in and God changes my life, that eternity has begun. And now I'm living forever. And, and whether heaven or, or, or Groveland, Florida, or Mascot, Florida, wherever God is, that's where I want to be and I'm living that way. Then shouldn't we live that way? Shouldn't we start living in the light of eternity? Shouldn't our lives reflect the fact that, man, I am going to live forever. Man, I am going to be able to just keep like following Christ and just keep doing this. this that was just a starting point. And eternity has begun. I'm, I'm excited and everything. Turn back over to Matthew 6. I, I told you when we did this, the sermon, through the, uh, the sermon on the Mount, that we would be coming back to this an awful lot. Because there's so much stuff in there. But for us to live in light of eternity, for us to live with the idea that, man, time is not my enemy. Like, I'm, I'm not even afraid of time anymore. Because time doesn't matter. I, I should live that way. And so Matthew 6, uh, starting at verse 19, Jesus is telling his people, how do you live for eternity? How do you live in light of that? He says, all right. Verse 19, don't collect for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there, there your heart will be also. I, I think if we're going to live in light of eternity, then we need to start investing in things that last. 
See, again, this is not, this is not, this is not a statement against like having retirement funds and, and savings accounts and stuff. Those are important. Those are great. Those are smart and wise. Do those and everything. But this is an idea of what, what do we invest ourselves into that is really going to last? What, what do we invest into that we know is going to carry on into eternity with that? See, because everything here is going to go away. Like I said, the Bible's very, very clear. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. And so let me ask you, how much time do you spend investing into God's word? How much time do you spend just diving into that and saying, man, I want to know everything about God. I want to know everything, how I'm supposed to live for him. Because this is going to last forever. This is going to take forever. I'm going to invest my time in that. The other thing that we take into eternity is people. How much time am I going to invest in things that are for a kingdom impact? How much time am I going to invest in things that are are of God and what he's doing on this planet? How much of my resources am I going to invest? I'm I'm going to invest in things that are going to keep coming and keep coming. See, we've had the privilege of living all over the world. Man, we were in Germany. We were like, wow, look at that castle. It's like 400 years old. That's really old and everything. And then then we moved to Sicily. and We saw things with rocks saying Paul was here. You know, I mean, thousands of years old and just all these ruins and everything falling down. But they're, they're all falling down. They're all falling apart. All the great monuments, they're, they're just, they're not going to last. All, you know, the, every world record is broken at some time. We, we got the Olympics coming up. Someone's always going to be faster. Someone's always going to be smarter. And so the things that we invest in that are temporary, they're go, it's going to go away. And I'm saying still do those things. Enjoy that. God gave those things for our enjoyment to push ourselves and to try and to succeed and do all that stuff. But... Are we investing in things that are really going to last, that we're going to take with us as we travel this road through eternity? The only thing that's going to last forever is God's word and people. You know, have you heard that saying, you can't take it with you? I think there are things you can take with you. I, I think if, the, if we're sharing the gospel with our friends and families, that that's an opportunity to take something with us, others with us. I, I think if we invest in ministries and things that are having real impact in the world, listen, I, I believe with all my heart in social justice. I believe that God, God created social justice, that we should be righting wrongs. More than anybody else on this planet, the church should be standing up and righting wrongs. Because the matter of fact, it's, it's my belief that if the church was really doing everything it was supposed to be doing, there would be no orphans. There would be no one needing Medicaid. There would be no need for Social Security. There would be none of that because the church would be taking care of all the people. I mean, this, this is insane. If, if just the, the people that say they're Christians that actually like are going to church and they're followers, if every one of them tithed, do you know there would be enough money in the year to feed everyone in Africa and around actually the whole world? There'd be enough money to take care of social social problems, water, clean water and stuff, there'd be plenty if the church was the church. And so the question is, is what are we investing in? That That's really going to last because if it's the things of God, man, we get to take that with us. And, and I believe all my heart that one day we're going to stand before God and Jesus is just going to kind of walk up and just sit there and it's like, hey, have a seat. I want to I want to show you something. Listen. You showed up to church and checked in on Facebook, and that seemed like really just silly and everything, and some people got water, but this person heard about Jesus. I want you to meet him. And I think God, Jesus is going to parade people by us 
like, this is what you invested in in your life. This is that treasure I talked about in, to store up in heaven. I want to show you the treasure that you have up here. And he's just going to walk them by. And we're going to see the people that we've affected and the faithfulness. Listen, I, I, God wants us to invest in things. And the greatest thing is, oh, we can't outgive God. The more time you give, God doubles that and triples that and uses it. The, the more words you do, the more service you do, the more things you do, the more, I mean, the more money. All the stuff that we have. That we give and say, God, I want to invest this. It comes back tenfold, twentyfold. We have no idea what's happening. Because we're investing in that. And so if we know what it means that eternity has begun, if we know that, then we should be living that way. Time should never, ever be a fear for any of you guys. And for any of us. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's, a, it's always my preaching. Every time. It does. It is. It is. It's always me. It's, all, it's good. But, I, I mean, seriously, time should not be a thing like I'm so worried about, like, what happens if I don't accomplish this by this age. I'm, I'm horrible at this. I, I, I turn 50 in about a year and a half. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. I don't, I don't look it. I don't, <laughs> don't even talk. Don't even talk, wife. That's... <laughs> Thank you. But I, I start thinking about things like, man, where should my, if like if if I'm truly successful, then then I should have this and this and this and this should be lined up. And, and we we make time kind of this model and these like at these stages. I mean, think about it. We're, we're so worried about time when, when you're younger. I said, like, I can't wait till I get my driver's license when I'm 16. I can't wait till I graduate high school. I can't wait till I finish college. I can't wait for my first job or when I get married and when I'm this and this and this. And we get so wrapped up in time. But if we know that we're already living in eternity and for eternity, all we have to do is be faithful with the time we have. You know, we have a saying around here. We just say, keep casting seed, keep throwing it out. Keep speaking into people. Keep giving. And, and, and my hope and my prayer is that we are all just investing in things that are going to last forever. Listen, that's that's why we, we don't pass a plate. I don't ever want anybody to come in here and just feel like because a plate's being passed, they have to drop money in it. I, I want you to give because you feel like God's doing something here. And if God's not doing stuff here and we're not accomplishing anything for his kingdom, then please, we need to stop. Because none of this is about building Grace Baptist up or like Tony has a nice big church that he pastors. None of this is about this. This is about the kingdom. This is about lives and, and people out there. And so we, we live and we invest with stuff because we live for eternity now. Church, you have no expiration date. You have none. I I want to read you. It, it's going to be kind of hard to read, but J. Wilbur Chapman was an evangelist in the late 19th century. He actually he preached with Moody, D.L. Moody, and if you've ever heard, like if you ever studied, there's a guy named um, um, Billy Sunday that was a great evangelist. Got his start with J. Wilbur Chapman and everything, and, and he, he wrote this. And, and this has just been resonating in my heart all week. As I read it, it says, how long, how long sometimes a day appears, and weeks, how long are they? Months move as if the years would never pass away. But days and weeks are passing by, and soon must all be gone. For day by day, as moments fly, eternity comes on. 
Days, months, and years must have an end. Eternity has none. T'will always have as long to spend as when it first begun. Church, we, we are living in eternity right now. And, and, and the truth is, tonight, we, we get an opportunity to do things for God's kingdom that will carry on forever. And, 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 and like I said, I, I know there are bumps in the road, and, and it's hard, and, and there are times when it just feels like, man, this is the, the things are just never, ever going to end. But again, listen to Paul. He says, I count these momentary afflictions as nothing compared to the glory that awaits. See, if you're a follower of Christ tonight, like I said, you have no expiration date. But if you're not, there is a day when you no longer will have a choice and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That, that day will come. And on that day, no one will have a choice. The whole point of all this, the whole point of everything that God has ever done is to reconcile us back with him and for us to live that life. That, that's, that's that John 10.10, I have come to give you life life more abundantly that's that more we always talk about that right now we can experience that and we can live for that and that's what that's what i think we desire and i know that's what god desires for us but we have to start living like it there are too many people out there that no longer are going to have a choice they're waiting for people just to show up and say no there's life. There's hope. Eternity is now. And so I, I, you know, I, I don't know where you're at tonight. I, I don't know where we are. I, I know as a church, my heart for this church is to be a church that is building the kingdom, that is just investing into everything that we can that is eternal. Everything so that one day we just get to sit together and God just says, hey, Grace Baptist, come here. I want to show you. And these kids came to VBC and they heard the gospel. And at some time, they made a decision because they remembered what they heard. Th these people saw you loving. These people saw you hanging out. Man, these people were hanging out playing bingo and losing all their money. And they saw you showing up on a Sunday night every day, every Sunday, and going into church. And it made them start questioning. And they started seeing things. We don't know all the things that God is doing. I just know that he's doing a lot. And all we have to do is be faithful with what we have right all we have to do is just keep casting that seed and keep saying, man, we are living for eternity. We are living because Jesus loves us and we're in a relationship with our creator. And we want everyone else to see that. You, you want to see this world change and get better? Man, let's, let's just keep living for eternity. Let's just show people that there's more than what you're experiencing right now. There's a God that wants more for you. And let's not stop worrying about time. I'm going to need help with that. Because I'm the one, ask my wife, I'm the one going, well, we're almost a year old, and so we should be here, and we should have this many people and all that stuff. And, and I was reminded this week, I had a meeting this week um, with other church planners that, I mean, God has blessed us. I mean, almost a year ago, there were eight people showing up at my house. There are over 20 of us here tonight. You know, that, that's, like, that's like a 200, almost 300% increase in less than a year. 
in, in view of like some of these huge mega churches, you know, that's like a 10,000 church in a year becoming 30,000. It's the same concept. And so God is blessing and God is moving. And we just have to continue to be faithful and do that because what we do right now is going to go with us. And I love that. I love that. I hope, I hope you're excited about that. I hope this encourages you tonight. And I hope that if tonight you don't know him, that eternity begins for you tonight. And it is as simple as acknowledging and saying, Jesus, I surrender. Your way, not my way. I'm sorry. Come into my life. And if you've grown up going to church and you have sat here and said, okay, it's good. I can't wait for heaven. Let me tell you something. You carry heaven with you right now. Live like it. Live like it. And let the world see that eternity is now. I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, we're just we're going we're to find some music and just play it and just have some time to respond. Just time just to just be thankful maybe that's all we have to just say tonight maybe it's just like god thank you so much that you love me enough that man you saved me and that man you 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 have you have started turning my life god may i live like that every single day may i take every opportunity that you give me maybe maybe that's what we need to do well whatever it is maybe it's remembering you know, we, that's why we have communion now. Maybe it's just going in and writing a praise on that wall, on a card, and saying, God, thank you. Or a prayer request. God, I, I, I struggle with this. Okay, or maybe it's investing, or maybe it's giving tithes and offering. Whatever God is leading us to do, just, just let him have his way. Again, don't, don't ever leave here when we meet with, I wish I would have. It's a horrible way to end the weekend. But whatever God's doing, just know that right now, man, you have no deadline you have no time stamp on you that says you expire that you and i are living eternity right now let's pray